Hello and welcome to the Changemakers podcast. I'm Dave Corlett, Business Director at the creative agency Shape By, and in this series I chat to leading marketers at what we call Changemaker Brands, businesses on a mission to change the world for the better through technology. What I want to find out is the role that creativity plays in helping them to communicate the benefits of their technology. Hopefully their insights, experience and stories can help you supercharge your own creativity. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to another episode of the Changemakers podcast. I'm Dave Corlett, Business Director at Shapeby, and this is part two of our three-part Women in Creative Leadership series. And before I go any further, I just want to say that I'm absolutely blown away by the response to the first in our series with Larissa Schneider of No Name Security. I mean, the feedback that we have on LinkedIn, on social media, um, in terms of downloads and listens to the podcast as well, has been quite phenomenal. It's really validated why I wanted to do this and why we wanted to do this with Shape By because, you know, it's a subject that rightly so people are really passionate about and uh, want to get involved in. Gender equality, diversity, representation from all backgrounds is something that is so, so important in any occupation, in any walk of life. Obviously, we're exploring it from the point of view of creative and marketing teams within B2B tech firms, which is, you know, our bread and butter at Shape By. But, you know, I wanted to do it because it's a subject that everybody should be talking about and fighting for day in, day out. And, um, and the response to the last episode validates that. So really, really happy with that. And I'm also really, really happy to have our guest this week on the podcast because she's someone that I've wanted to talk to for such a long time. And this is the perfect opportunity to do so. Um, so with Larissa, we were talking about gender equality and diversity from the point of view of marketing teams. We're going to flip it slightly with this one and talk about it from the creative point of view. Jess Ellis is the Senior Director of Integrated Brand Marketing at Slack. Uh, We knew her and got to know her in a previous role at the customer experience firm Coros, who are a client of ours, and Jess brought us on board about a year or so ago to work with them on a number of creative projects. And her background is a creative one. So she's led creative teams. She led the rebrand of Coros when two firms called Spreadfast and Lithium merged to form Coros, she worked on the rebrand, which is a piece of work that to this day I still hold up and, and, and feel it stands out as an amazing rebrand. But the main aim of this one is to talk about Jess's perspectives and experience when it comes to climbing the ranks of leadership within the creative side of things at Coros and at other tech firms as well. And Jess has got a really interesting background because she's um, worked in lots of different industries outside of tech, actually, all in kind of creative roles, sport, entertainment, retail. So it is a fascinating conversation in terms of exploring what opportunities for female talent and, and talented women look like in different industries and in the world of tech as well. So really happy to share this with you. This is my conversation with Jess Ellis of Slack for part two of our Women in Creative Leadership special. Hope you enjoy. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to another episode of the Changemakers podcast. I'm Dave Corlett, Business Director at Shapeby, and this is part two of our three-part Women in Creative Leadership series. Um, before I go any further, I just want to say that I'm absolutely blown away by the response to the first in our series with Larissa Schneider of No Name Security. I mean, the feedback that we have on LinkedIn, on social media, um, in terms of downloads and listens to the podcast as well, has been quite phenomenal. It's really validated why I wanted to do this and why we wanted to do this with Shape By because, you know, it's a subject that rightly so people are really passionate about and uh, want to get involved in. Gender equality, diversity, representation from all backgrounds is something that is so, so important in any occupation, in any walk of life. 
Obviously, we're exploring it from the point of view of creative and marketing teams within B2B tech firms, which is, you know, our bread and butter at Shape by. But, you know, I wanted to do it because it's a subject that everybody should be talking about and fighting for day in, day out. And, um, and the response to the last episode validates that. So really, really happy with that. And I'm also really, really happy to have our guest this week on the podcast because she's someone that I've wanted to talk to for such a long time. And this is the perfect opportunity to do so. Um, so with Larissa, we were talking about gender equality and diversity from the point of view of marketing teams. We're going to flip it slightly with this one and talk about it from the creative point of view. Jess Ellis is the Senior Director of Integrated Brand Marketing at Slack. Uh, We knew her and got to know her in a previous role at the customer experience firm Coros, who are a client of ours, and Jess brought us on board about a year or so ago to work with them on a number of creative projects. And her background is a creative one. So she's led creative teams. She led the rebrand of Coros when two firms called Spreadfast and Lithium merged to form Coros, she worked on the rebrand, which is a piece of work that to this day I still hold up and, and, and feel it stands out as an amazing rebrand. But the main aim of this one is to talk about Jess's perspectives and experience when it comes to climbing the ranks of leadership within the creative side of things at Coros and at other tech firms as well. And Jess has got a really interesting background because she's um, worked in lots of different industries outside of tech, actually, all in kind of creative roles, sport, entertainment, retail. So it is a fascinating conversation in terms of exploring what opportunities for female talent and, and talented women look like in different industries and in the world of tech as well. So really happy to share this with you. This is my conversation with Jess Ellis of Slack for part two of our Women in Creative Leadership special. Hope you enjoy. Hey Jess, welcome to the Changemakers podcast. How are you doing today? I am doing well, Dave. Nice to hear you. (laughs) So I'm really excited about this chat. The place I would love to start is if you could give our listeners a little bit of an insight into what is a really extensive career on your part, encompassing a range of industries as well as the tech industry that you're in right now. It'd be really good to know what you've been up to. Yes, it is kind of a a variety pack, if you will, of experience uh, (laughs) up to this point. I started my career uh, actually in in print magazines, if you can believe that. Um, Ran all the way through uh, working in B2C industries, um, agencies. I worked for the National Basketball Association for a time here in the States uh, and currently work at Slack uh, as a brand marketing lead. Excellent stuff. And can you um, just give us a bit of an insight into what that involves, your role at Slack? Certainly. So I think most of your listeners are aware, but Slack is a digital headquarters where a lot of awesome work can get done um, in companies, both big and small. And my role there is really focusing on brand marketing, but more broadly brand awareness. So working with our creatives, our uh, lead gen teams, other traditional marketers and getting the word out about Slack to those that don't know what we do. Cool. I mean, we first met at your previous role, Coros, um, customer engagement platform. Um, is the role quite different to that, which was a, a little bit more on the creative side? I know you led the rebrand at Coros, for example. That's right. Yes. Well, what's different at Slack is that I am expected to build a team, whereas at Coros, yes, the rebrand was was certainly a focus uh, for most of my time there at Slack. There's a ton of brand equity. Um, They've also recently been acquired by Salesforce, um, you know, probably about nine months ago now. And so 
really the charge here is to continue to amplify um, internationally and work cross-functionally. So the, the team that I have yet to build, um, you know, I need to become the glue within our own organization to, you know, also educate and uh, be available for our cross-functional partners to build the brand. Cool. And I'm really, really glad that you touched on this point about building teams quite early on, because what I really wanted to kind of get into in this conversation was how you build a team in today's climate where, quite rightly so, there's so much focus on inclusivity, diversity, not just building a team that can get the job done, but building a team that is diverse enough to truly represent, especially at a business like Slack, you know, which is a global business with glo- with a global audience and global customer base. Have you, I know you said you're yet to build a team, but, but have you put a lot of thought into how you're going to build that team with true inclusivity in mind? Well, I'm very fortunate that our organization is already thinking about inclusivity, diversity, uh, giving opportunity, skilling people um, who might just need a little bit more uh, on the job training. So I am fortunate in that way to have joined an organization that leads with that. Historically, though, I've also worked at companies that have given me opportunity to think about team building through that lens individually. So if, if the organization in the past hadn't been um, maybe set up well to, to hire that way, they certainly let me build the teams the way that I, that I envisioned, which was, to your point, making sure that I was hiring folks that you know, had both ambition and great work ethics and just you know, ideally really wanted to be in the role that they were applying for. I, I actually am very proud of the last team that I built. You mentioned Corliss earlier. We had a really tight-knit group uh, that was in seat, everyone on the team, about a dozen people for two years, which especially nowadays is uh, no small feat when people are moving yeah. around so much. That's amazing. And to that point, so obviously, as, as we said at the start, you've worked across uh, quite a few different industries from kind of sport, entertainment, retail, I believe, in, in sort of luxury jewelry segment, and, and obviously now for the last few years, tech. Um, how does tech, and I'm kind of not just talking necessarily about marketing or creative teams at the moment, but across the board, how does tech compare in terms of its approach to, to diversity and, and gender equality as well? What's the kind of gender balance like in terms of that compared to maybe other industries? That's a great question. Um, it's been very fascinating these last few years. I've been in tech now about four years, and I've seen a, many organizations have, but I, I hadn't worked for an organization that that offered that before. So I am associating with tech the fact that they think about these things. They want folks to um, you know, come in and feel welcome and be part of something and choose to be part of multiple groups or initiatives or form their own if they choose. And I think this is very important nowadays when a lot of the world is still figuring out if it's hybrid or remote or, you know, how they are approaching their own future of work. Um, and so to be able to connect in different ways and feel like you're part of something greater is, is very important to your your mental health. Yeah, absolutely. And has that, even, has that changed even in the time that you've been in tech? Have you seen more of a focus on that? Because it certainly feels like from the outside looking in that there's been much more of a focus in, in, in the last, you know, since, since COVID, essentially, since more people have been working remotely, there's a focus on everything that, that, that comes with inclusivity, whether it's mental health, whether it's um, 
whether it's diversity, whether it is kind of, you know, gender equality and all of that stuff, it really feels like there's been more of a focus on that. And like you said, you, you've been in the industry for, for approaching four years now. Have you seen it kind of changing for the better, even in the time that you've been in it? So over the last year, I've definitely noticed teams still trying to navigate better ways to communicate, um, ways to work together. And a couple of things that I've, I guess, been clued into, one is team level agreements. So where teams formally decide, you know, everything from hours they want to overlap, especially great for global teams. You know, if you find a couple of hours where everybody is online and available, of course, uh, there's also just utilizing tools like Slack, you know, where you can agree on the best practices of ways to work together. But something else that's also interesting that I've noticed are personal operating manuals. And I don't know if anybody that's listening has used those before, but, you know, that might just be a one page document or a slide or something, or, you know, just a little bit of a blurb about how you prefer to work, your your preferred working style, do's and don'ts, nothing too malicious, but just, hey, this is how I do my best work. And this is how to best work together and partner. That's really cool. I mean, I've come across things like your basic team values, but, um, and I guess it all comes into that, that realm of, I guess, you know, empowering people to want to do their best work. Um, and if they feel like they can do that, and they have confidence in something that's kind of a little bit more formal and that definitely makes a lot of sense and sticking with that that empowerment theme I noticed on your LinkedIn bio uh, which I love by the way that there's a really interesting sentence in there which you said it's second nature for me to provide opportunity inspiration and empowerment to the teams I lead um, just want to talk about leadership actually for a second could you just give an insight into because that, that's obviously a really inspiring approach to take how do you do that in practice and how has your leadership approach been shaped over the years to come to that point? That is a, a very wonderful question to ask me because I have a lot to say on that topic, to be to be frank. Um, I've been in this industry over 20 years now, and it's, it's really humbling to say that, especially when you don't feel like uh, you're in your 40s. <laughs> um, but what I, what I will say is it took a long time to get here. I am naturally kind of a, a calm and uh, you know, just a people pleaser type person. Like I, I very much want to, when I'm part of a team, work together, collaborate, um, get the job done. And that's just kind of how I am at my core. But when I started managing teams, you know, probably over 10 years ago now, it was really hard to kind of start to uh, be in that seat and ask more of people and realize that, not everyone worked the same way that I did and, and needed different inputs or different outlets. Um, and so I, I think I probably had a couple of rocky years there of maybe not knowing how to ask people who were formerly peers, you know, how to work or, you know, get, uh, get out of them what I really thought they could deliver. And so I, I had to return to who I was at my core, which was you know, I, I'm a coach, I'm a champion, I want people to succeed. And quite honestly, I'm never going to be the smartest person in the room, because there's a lot of wonderfully smart and talented people out there. So I want to get the best out of my team. And I had to kind of wear some different hats and, and put myself in their seat to, to realize that leading the way is actually, you know, mostly listening and giving people space to do what they need to do. 
Yeah, absolutely. And also, I'm really inspired by what you just said about not being the smartest person in the room, because I think genuinely great leaders realise that and they realise that it have to be, you know, because that's why you build a team, isn't it? To surround yourself with great people. That's right. And, you know, if you can be honest and say that, you know, a lot of them may well be smarter than you, certainly in the areas that they specialise in, then that's a great position to be in because you've got so much confidence mm -hmm. in your team. A... Um, sorry, carry on. Sorry. <laughs> well, you just, you just made me think of something. I had a really great manager once upon a time who, who told me to always look for people that knew more than you in a hiring process. And I just thought, you know, a lot about that at the time, you didn't have to be afraid to hire someone that, you know, actually could do your job or more. Those are the people you want to surround yourself with who can challenge the way that you think and make you grow as a leader as well. Absolutely. And um, in terms of building creative teams then, so this is part of a our three-part specialist of women in creative leadership. We've looked into kind of that from a marketing point of view, we've looked at it from a brand point of view. And just specifically talking about internal creative teams, because it's always fascinated me ever since um, we at Shape by started working more with, with tech businesses that all have sometimes fairly large internal creative teams. Is it a challenge to build a high-performing creative team given the skills that they, or the, 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 the facet of skills that they all need in this day and age? It's definitely a balance. Um, I started my career as a creative, so I was the person that was that individual contributor, you know, working really hard against briefs and still trying to be um, inspired by the work that I was making. And so I feel I have a little bit more uh, of a unique take on, on some of the, the work that I'm currently doing because I, I was the person I am now asking to deliver against. But to answer your question, I think it's it's a tricky time to, um, you know, again, if you're remote, which I currently am, you know, you, you can't go up to somebody and have a quick conversation or kind of look at something together in the same way. So finding unique ways to virtually work together and collaborate with new tools, even if it's some of our uh, virtual whiteboarding tools or, you know, working together uh, asynchronously. It's uh, everything from that to sharing inspiration. I just recently shared actually a, an article of um, Milton Glaser's top 10 uh, tenets of design from 20 years ago, if you can believe it. It was an yeah. AIGA talk in London that he had given. Um, and I just, I actually stumbled across a printed copy in my, my move that I just had. And I'm like, wow, I wonder if this is online still. <laughs> and sure is. Um, fascinating how that still holds true today, some of what he was saying. But I bring that up because it's even just sharing things like that with uh, creatives and designers and, and teammates that get people to step outside of maybe the project at hand, read something that might inspire them, be it an article, a book, or you know, check out a website. And it's just keeping that facilitation of inspiration alive. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's something that we talked about with you when um, you were kind enough to contribute to our perspective report on creativity last year. You talked about inspiration then and making the importance of sharing things with your team. Um, has that got a little bit harder with remote working? Um, just that general, I mean, I, I know that we now have tools like the wonderful Slack, which we at, at ShapeBio, of course, use to share inspiration internally. But is it still a challenge to inspire teams when everybody's remote? I think it's it's definitely a little bit different. Um, currently, with the way that we're working on, on the brand team, I have a lot of adjacency to creative. So it's it's making sure to 
form relationships with people um, to, to take the time to do that. If you aren't working on a project together, you know, you still, you're still coworkers, you're still part of a team. You still, you know, have something to say to each other, even though you're virtual, right? I think it's, it's different if you're walking into an office building. I'm sure some people feel a, a different form of connection than, than those that are either fully remote or, or mostly remote. And just on the subject of creative teams, if we can talk about gender equality within creative teams, is that something that you feel um, is an issue, particularly at senior level? So as, as people develop their careers, um, are there glass ceilings? Well, I do think it varies by situation, potentially size of company, industry, uh, the way that the organization is set up. I can speak to past roles where, you know, I, I'd worked at smaller companies, companies of 20 people or 100 people. And really, for several years, I, I did not feel that way. I did not feel that there were, was a sky was the limit. And maybe that was also just a little bit of my own, like, you know, stamping my foot, like, why should there be? <laughs> um, but I do think it, it, it does depend on A, the organization and B, kind of that position that you're seeking. I, I do think everyone should feel empowered, like we've been talking about, like you can do it. If you're at a company that you can't, then that's probably not the right company to be at. Really good point, absolutely. I mean, you know, so I lead business development at Shape, as you know, and that involves talking to a lot of potential clients and a lot of those potential clients are creative leads because quite often we collaborate with internal creative teams and they're the ones that bring agencies on board. Um, so I'm looking at it slightly from the outside, but I, you know, in my experience, the ratio of, of male to female people that I talk to is, is, is fairly, fairly even, I would say, on the whole. Um, mm -hmm. I, I know that's not a full picture and I know that's not a complete picture of everything that's going on and um, it may be that it's slightly different, but I feel really inspired by that personally because the creative industry is somewhere that should be as it should be the, the very pinnacle of diversity because of the audiences that that creative industry has to speak to, you know, which is mm -hmm. a multitude of different audiences that aren't defined by gender or by background or by um, ethnicity or whatever. So, you know, we should be the pinnacle really. And I know there's a, there is a way to go, but um, do you feel that as well, that we're, we're on the right track? I have felt that way, especially in the last several years of my career, um, both in tech and and my you mentioned my luxury jewelry experience that company was extremely uh female uh led it was uh it was quite a lot of uh great uh women leaders at that company so you know i've from that point on which has been about the last 10 years i've really felt a lot of presence um from wonderful uh female minds and i i would say both in creative fields and in marketing in general I know that especially in tech, it's a little tricky when you get over to some engineering teams and there might be pockets uh, where they're they're trying to facilitate more balance or at least uh, more diversity within those teams, just speaking in general terms. But I, I do think to answer your question, we are on a, a better path for just overall uh, employee experience, employee opportunity, employee equity than we were five, 10 years ago. 
And does that also manifest itself in the way that the industry is kind of better supporting, um, you know, younger talent and particularly creative talent? Do you see programmes and opportunities for younger creatives, particularly female creatives, to, 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 to progress their careers and support and mentoring for them to be able to do that? Is that something that happens a lot? Well, I would say overall, there's just more opportunities to find a mentor. You know, I think back to, again, if we're talking about early in my career, there that wasn't really a thing. Organizations like AIGA or Art Directors Club existed, but it, it felt a little uh, less attainable, whereas now free memberships are offered or there's definitely programs that you can slip into and you know, Creative Mornings is wonderful, um, which is a, a global program that, you know, on Fridays, once a month, you get to go have breakfast or check in virtually and hear someone um, inspiring speak about their field in, in the creative fields, might be on photography or sculpture or architecture. And, you know, access to things like that didn't exist 20 years ago. But I would say there's always room for improvement. So I think young creatives, hopefully, are if they're in school or university, getting some education or, um, I guess, paths to find those mentors or internships or programs where they can continue to connect and network um, is truly valuable, you know, in your early to mid 20s. Yeah, sure. Is mentoring something that you've done much of or you're doing at the moment? Actually not doing it so much at the moment, uh, just with my change in in jobs, um, I've been, been in my new role about three months and, you know, focusing on different things being on the brand side, but it's uh, it's actually still coming up just organically. I've met with a few of my old team uh, that I left recently and, and continue to kind of work with them on, on their careers and uh, also just, it's kind of cute. My, my niece is in the graphic design field. She's, she's in her first year and yeah, she just um, asked me to, to give her some pointers on having her first annual review and what she should talk to her manager about. So I'll take any opportunity um, when asked for conversations like that. And, you know, it's so valuable, isn't it? Because there are things that young creatives, you know, whatever background they're from, um, need to just, you know, aren't always aware of. So, you know, showing portfolio work, even CVs and, like you said, reviews and things like that, there are certain ways right. of doing it that, that, that the wiser creatives amongst us, like yourself, you know, can definitely teach and advise and, and it's it's such invaluable information. When, so you mentioned that, that it wasn't really too prevalent when you were getting into the into the scene, but did you have an, any mentors? Did you have anyone that inspired you in particular? Oh, absolutely. Uh, my first mentor, I would say, was uh, our creative services lead at the NBA. And he was coming from an agency background. And this was my, I think, second or third year in the, in the working world. So just learning, you know, all that he had accomplished. I think he had a uh, McDonald's uh, national commercial. And I just thought at the time that was, you know, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> um, but, you know, he, he certainly taught me a lot about design systems and, you know, branding from a standpoint of consistency and logic that really was influential. And I, I hadn't actually been taught uh, those types of things in, in my design education up till that point. So, 
that was really pivotal for me and certainly helped to steer where I am today from a design thinking lens. Um, I will also add, you know, just as we're talking about creatives and, and mentorship at Slack, where I am now, uh, our, our creative lead for our brand team is she's managing about 20 different creatives and offering them all sorts of opportunity for collaborating together, whether it's, you know, live crit where they're looking at each other's work or um, kind of pairing them up with with other folks in the larger Salesforce organization from other teams to work together and, and spitball ideas off of each other. So I think there's a lot of ways to mentor and grow, not just a traditional, um, you know, you need to be coached by someone who's been in the industry longer than you. Yeah, that's cool. And I mean, you know, it must be so inspiring to be part of a team like that at Slack, where not only are you responsible for an incredible technology brand and moving it forward and developing it and evolving it, but also you're doing it in a way that is collaborative, it's uh, inspiring, it's exciting, it's, um, it's, it's thought through by the sound of it, you know, very deliberately from the, the creative lead who seems to be really on it in terms of making sure that that team is, is constantly engaged. And as a young creative, wow, that must be incredible. Listen, Jess, it's been amazing to have you on the podcast. Um, I've really enjoyed our conversation and I'd like to end it as we always do by asking you uh, the question that we ask all of our guests, which is, is there a, a particular project or campaign or something that you've achieved throughout your career that you're more proud of than anything else? Dave, that is such a tough question to answer, um, but saving the best for last. I have worked on so many awesome projects and with so many great people. I think one that is uh, just kind of a an easy one for me to to choose is the rebrand that I was part of at Koros, which was my last organization I was uh, a part of before working at Slack. Um, what was just key with that is the the rebrand itself was very fast and furious. I had started um, in my role uh, for a week, and then our company was acquired uh, and merged with another company, and so that rebrand wow. process. Yeah, was was very much about, you know, coming together, deciding our new value proposition, um, choosing a name, and then quickly, very quickly, getting an identity uh, stood up as well as a website within just a few months. So that was certainly a, a milestone in my career, just being a part of that. But then also coming out of that, building the team that would be responsible for then continuing to build that brand and create content and brand awareness and uh, brand reputation. And so that was a little bit of a longer tale of a couple of years um, after the rebrand, but I'm really proud of, of working with the teams at Coros on that and, and kind of spearheading where we were going. And I, I feel like if you ask me this question a year from now, I'm going to be talking about the teams and our, our, activations and campaigns at Slack. And so I hope to be chatting with you again someday. <laughs> wow, I would definitely love that. That's absolutely fascinating to hear. Just coming back to one point. So the rebrand for Chorus was, was done in the space of a few months, was it? Yes, uh, I believe we chose a name. Uh, it was mid-December of that year. And we were fully launched uh, March 4th. So it was, yeah, wow. it was just over three months. That's incredible because I think the first time you and I spoke, I think it was me reaching out to you to say how much I loved it. And that, that 
wasn't just a cheap sales tactic. <laughs> that was genuinely, you know, I, I felt it was it was a lovely because I think you had it. I, I don't know if it. I think it was your website, if if I remember rightly, um, your own website. But just a, a really lovely summary of the project with all the visuals there. And I just remember thinking, this this is great. This is really really cool because you know we know as as much as you that these projects can be hugely challenging, not just from a I guess, for the want of a better word, a logistical point of view, you know, who's doing what, how do we do it, what, how do we go about this process, but everything from choosing, you know, naming is a nightmare <laughs> for a start, yes. you know, um, just the naming alone, and then the, the visual language and uh, the tone of voice and uh, everything around that was just, it felt so well considered, I mean, those kind of projects usually take a lot longer than that, so huge congrats to you for that, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, and I will add just so um, anyone who's curious understands, you know, there was an agency partner that we tapped to help us at that time. Um, research was key. The naming part did take a, a couple of months in and of itself. And when we were rebranding, we were simultaneously looking at what both companies already had to audit to know what to reskin or refresh. So we, we basically pinpointed a short list of what do we need to actually launch? Obviously, you know, the basic identity, logo, fonts, just some, some general guidelines and, and systeming. But beyond that, you could only do so much within that short time span. So it was very slim in the shape of the website, some ads, couple enablement templates for sales, you know, things like that. Like it wasn't, luckily, <laughs> wasn't going to be like, you know, what are we doing for our, our event in six months? It was just some, to your point, uh, logistics and thought through applications that we could get started with. Um, still a wealth of work and definitely uh, a ton of work and a ton of uh, stress <laughs> for those few months. But but yeah, it set us up very well to then, uh, you know, run after we started walking. <laughs> very nice. And, you know, obviously, as you know, we're, we're working with um, Chorus at the moment and I know our teams are really enjoying um, playing around with your lovely brand and, uh even flexing it a little bit from time to time, but it's definitely standing the test of time. Uh, so that's awesome. great. And another thing that's great is I seem to have got your commitment for a repeat uh, return to the podcast in a couple of years, <laughs> in a year or so's time. So I'm going to hold you to that for sure. Uh, I might have to bring along uh, our, our lead of the team and uh, our creative lead, and maybe we could have a panel. That would be cool. Okay, that's a verbal contract. I'm taking that as binding. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jess, it's been so good to talk to you. Have a great day. Thanks so much, Dave. Have a good one.